Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, what in the world is happening to our world? That's a big question. And the answer is we live in a fallen world. We live in a Romans 5 world as a result of a Genesis 3 world. We live in a world full of sin as a result of the fall in Genesis chapter 3, and it's playing out ever so greatly right in front of our eyes daily. Now, we've always lived in a world full of sin, and uh, we just live in a, a different kind of age now where we have technology and we have social media that... Uh, and we also have 24-hour news channels that bring us every waking moment of every single thing that goes on in this world, whether good or bad, but mostly it's bad. Why? Because I believe that if you say much good, that's not going to be what people want to hear because we're fallen people. I believe we want to hear all the bad things there are in life. We want to hear about the drama. We want to hear about the negative things. We want to hear those stories that make us cringe a little bit, that make us frustrated a little bit, that make us angry. We are not a world that delights in great news. You're not going to get the best ratings by showing up at the local zoo and doing videos of the latest monkey that was born there or the latest elephant or whatever else may have been going on at the zoo. You're not going to get much traction that way because that's not what people want. It seems like we want to watch doom and gloom and destruction and to see how bad the world really is, how bad things really are. We want to see these things. We want to hear these things. We want to be able to articulate these things and push back against these things in our own way. So we live in a world and a culture that is saturated with give me the bad news because I want to hear it, see it, and I want to engage culture with it. Now, there are three major news stories that have been rocking our world in the past couple of days. Two of these involve, well, let me just say this. There are a lot of facts to every story that's ever been told. And it's easy to say that something is racist before we hear all the facts. Now, it, it, it's it, we should wait till all the facts are from all sides for every story, from every angle, but... Let me just be clear. One of these stories seems to have racism a big part of this. The other story seems to have racism and neglect a big part of this. And the other is what we talked about on the last episode of the podcast, the overreaching arm of the government. So we'll start with that one first. Let's talk through this for a minute. The mayor, Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago, Illinois, has said that she will put an end to church gatherings if they decide to go against her order and gather anyway. She said that she would even use a certain statute, and there doesn't have to be a process or anything, but they can remove the people in the building and destroy the building. Basically, with no questions asked, it would just happen that way if churches continue to defy her stay-at-home order and uh, her order that churches cannot gather. So if they continue to defy that order, then she said she will tear churches down or, or church buildings. We know that the church is uh, a baptized body of believers, 
but uh, the church building is where the church gathers on the Lord's day, and she is saying that if they defy her, they she will go so far as to tear her, these church buildings down. Now, I think that's a uh, awful bold of Mayor Lightfoot, but as mentioned in the last episode, I believe that we are finding ourselves in the early stages of persecution, and I believe this is a form of persecution. This isn't beheadings and stonings and imprisonment right now, but I think that is coming, as I mentioned in the last episode. But I do believe this is a form of persecution as the government is trying to wage war against the church in many states. Uh, as Just as I sat down to do this episode of the podcast, I noticed that California is easing some restrictions on uh, churches meeting and saying they can have no more than 100 people in the building or 25%, whichever is greater. So they are trying to... Uh, pull back a little on that, but that's still, uh, they're still letting people gather at liquor stores, Walmarts, Home Depots, all those things. So uh, I guess they don't believe in uh, the church gathering on the Lord's Day. Obviously, they don't believe that, but they also said that the people that gather in the churches won't take social distancing seriously and take these measures seriously. And So my question would be, what makes you think people in Home Depot are taking it seriously? Because I got a Home Depot here in my city and a Lowe's and a Walmart, two Walmarts, really, and nobody's really social distancing that much. We're, we're, we're not doing a great job at that here. And uh, so what makes governors think that church members can't use precautions when they gather to help eliminate the spread of this? It's just an overreaching arm of the government trying to control the churches in uh, many different states, but especially Mayor Lightfoot. So she said she'd do this, and uh, turns out on the 24th, which was this past Sunday, there was a church that was meeting, and the ushers there, or the uh, safety team, or whatever they were, uh, they were told by the leadership of the church to make sure when service starts to lock the doors and not let anybody in. Well, during the sermon, there were loud bangs coming from the sanctuary doors, and lo and behold... This church in Chicago has defied the mayor's orders. So they have defied the mayor's orders. So the mayor, what she did is she sent someone from the mayor's office out in a unmarked car with tinted windows taking pictures of people walking in and out of this church building. So about halfway through, or, or at least through the sermon, I believe, uh, there was a time when that those doors were knocked on really loudly and the church service was broken up by armed police officers, and I think there were about five of them. And Mayor Lightfoot, she stayed to, true to her word. At least she did that. However, I believe that she has overstepped her bounds as governor, or I'm sorry, mayor, and uh, really infringed on some First Amendment rights. I know there's a lot of talk about that First Amendment right, especially in the midst of a health pandemic, but the First Amendment right is still there to protect churches as they are able and have the freedom to gather and assemble. Uh, so we have just seen the, the tip of this start, especially in Chicago, as Mayor Lightfoot has definitely broken up a church gathering. Now, will she continue to do so? I, for one, believe that she will continue to do uh, what she's going to do. But here, let's talk about this. Mayor Lightfoot, I know you're not listening, but let's talk about it to our listeners. This is the mayor of Chicago, the city that on average, uh, and I'm just p- 
paraphrase or just guessing here, estimating uh, just based on what I see every single week coming out of Chicago, that there are between 60 and 70, sometimes more people shot on the streets of Chicago each weekend. And Mayor Lightfoot is worried about believers in Christ gathering as the church to worship God, to proclaim the gospel, to encourage one another, and to pray for one another, and I'm sure pray for her city. So what is the difference between a body of believers who, let's just be real, if they're true believers, they're going to have a different attitude, a different posture than someone that may not be saved, that is running the streets, uh, running in gangs, and shooting people. It seems to me that Mayor Lightfoot would rather do something about the violence in her city rather than breaking up people worshiping the Lord. It just doesn't make sense to me. Maybe it does to some of you. I don't know. Uh, if, if it makes sense to you, please, please help me out. I, I mean, we can debate back and forth all day long about this is a health pandemic and it's good for those to not assemble. Well, it's also, if we're going to use that logic, we should shut down everything. And we know that shutting down, every, shutting down everything is not the answer either because it's going to kill people. It's going to collapse the economy. Uh, it's going to do a lot more harm than good to shut down every single thing. It means that uh, we won't be able to do anything if that were to happen. So that is not a feasible option. So uh, why is this okay? I mean, even looking at the sovereignty of God, we have to think about how awesome and holy and magnificent God is. God, I believe, by studying the Word and reading His Word, that He has ordained the steps of man. I believe that He knows the number of hairs on our head, as the Bible teaches us. I believe that He knows everything, that He is omniscient, and I believe that He's known everything about everything before the foundations of the world, before He began to create all things. If God is all-knowing, then there is nothing that can be taught to God, so God knows everything. I don't think He makes it up as He goes. I believe that He is a God in the heavens, that He has created all things, and He is ordained man's steps. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 16, 9 says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. So here we are, we're thinking about if we were to use the argument of, well, we just don't need to gather as the church because we could save someone's life. Well, let me just say what I believe here. I believe that God has ordained your death. He's ordained my death. He's ordained the time, the place, the hour. He has ordained the means he has ordained it all. He knows exactly when, where, and how. So I also believe because God is all-knowing, and when we pray to him, we pray to him that his will would be done, not ours, because if it were up to all of us, I, I would dare say that everybody listening would say, God, please let me live to be 119 years old, almost 120th birthday. And if you can, let me live to 120 and let me just die peacefully in my sleep. I believe that'd probably be everybody's prayer. I don't know. That would be mine. If I could have my way, I'd pray God. I would pray so hard every day, believing that God would change his mind of my death. But the fact of the matter is, I believe in a sovereign God, a holy God, a God that has ordained the steps of all men already before the foundations of the world. And I believe 
that if I personally were to get COVID-19 and die as a result of that, then that was ordained before the foundations of the world for me to get COVID-19 and die. If I am to die at a, uh, an older age of 85 in a car wreck or falling down and hurting myself very badly that I lose my life as a result, then that is what God has ordained from the foundations of the world. So I don't want to use the argument of we could save lives when God, in my opinion, as I read Scripture, already has that set. He knew when we were going to be born. He knows when we're going to die. So we could use all the precautions in the world and still get COVID-19. We could be so loose and ignore social distancing, we could not wash our hands. We could go kiss somebody right on the lips that has COVID-19. And if God hadn't ordained us to have COVID-19, we will not get it. So we can obviously use wisdom, use discernment. Don't be reckless. Don't be ignorant with our lives just to say, well, God has ordained all things, and I'm going to just go around licking doorknobs and, and toilet seats. That's ignorant. Don't do anything like that. Don't go walk around a nursing home. You can't get in a nursing home right now anyway, unless you're the governor of uh, New York who sends all your sick patients to a nursing home for whatever reason, and they all perish. Many lives lost as a result of the negligence of Governor Cuomo there in New York. That's a story you can look up uh, that's recently popped open. Uh, it's a terrible situation up in New York, and it's the, at the hands of a, an evil leader there. Uh, but I digress. We can do all things and, and change things, and we can debate this thing to death, but at the end of the day, I believe the church should be able to gather if that's what they choose to do. I believe the church should gather. I believe this should be a time where the church gathers to uh, just call on the Lord in prayer. This is a time that we need to just pray fervently to the Lord. I believe that we need to uh, just pray to him that his will be done and that we would be faithful and just trust him through this time, not trying to change his mind, to change his will, because we can't do that. Fallen men cannot dictate what God does and doesn't do. I see nowhere in Scripture where... Uh, God's mind is changed, however God's will is played out. Uh, there are many many points in Scripture that, that teaches us that, that His will will be done, uh, even on earth as it is in heaven, as we know. So, somebody, uh, if you know any reason why that's, uh, Mayor Lightfoot is doing this, other than just saying, save lives, stay home, save lives, uh, to me it just seems like persecution. So, we're going to leave it at that. Now, a word from our sponsors. I'm just kidding. We don't have any sponsors. This is the Dr. Matters Podcast, and uh, I do it in my bedroom, so we have no sponsors. Either way, let's go to our next story. Our next story is what happened in Minneapolis. Now, many of you may have heard what has happened in Minneapolis, and it is a tragedy. Apparently... um, there was a, a, a man, he was a black man, apparently, there. and I can't get the story straight right now, I don't understand it all, I haven't gotten all the pieces together, and that's where we should be careful as we don't know the complete details, however, 
Uh, long story short, to begin with, the cops were called because a, a forgery was taking place. They get there. They find this black man in a vehicle. He's apparently uh, either drunk or on something. He resists arrest, and the cops finally get him in handcuffs. He's on the ground, and then there's a video that comes across. Uh, you may have seen it. The cop, while this man is on his on his face, on his on the ground, he has got his knee shoved in the back of his neck, and the the man on the ground is pleading uh, for him to to do something different than he's doing to help him out because he can't breathe. And uh, after several minutes of that, and the officer just puts his hands in his pockets while he's doing that, and uh, shows no remorse, no care. The the man pretty much loses consciousness there's apparently a firefighter off-duty firefighter on the scene begging to check their pulse uh just the officers were were extremely rude i believe there were four involved and they have all since been terminated and the the man the black man lost his life now these cops were white and it's troubling. Uh, we really can't say that racism played a part in this, although it's easy to watch the video and think, well, because he's a black man, because he's drunk, because he had the cops called on him, it's easy to look at that and say, well, these white cops killed him because he's black. Uh, and that may have been the case. We, we don't know for sure, so I think that's where we have to use some discernment, and uh, we can't pull out somebody's motive for doing what they do without them confessing to that. We can only speculate, and sometimes that's dangerous. So we have to be careful saying this is a race thing. But what we can say, I think pretty definitively, that this looks like a murder has played out in front of a camera. If you watch this video, and some of you may want to, some of you may not, I'm sure you'll see it in the coming days. Remember, we live in the world of 24-hour news, and it's available anytime. But according to the video, just watching the video at face value, just watching what's happened, just watching what's there, it appears that this man was murdered. If he was resisting arrest, that doesn't warrant murder. That doesn't warrant you to... Uh, stick your knee in his neck so he can't breathe and him lose consciousness and ultimately die. He was handcuffed. So we see this happening in our world, and, and, and I alluded to this at the very beginning, that we live in a Romans 5, Genesis 3 world, Genesis 3 obviously being the fall. Romans 5 teaches us that because one man sinned, sin and death spread to all men. We see depravity in our world. We see it as a result of social media, 24-hour news. We see these things happen around us. So this is another troubling story that we see going on. And, I, and I'm, I'm part of several Facebook groups, and this is this story, both of these stories that we've talked about already is making the rounds pretty hard. So we, we have to be engaged at some level when it comes to these things. I don't think that we can sit back and just wash our hands of it all. I think that it's time for believers to step up and, and, and lovingly and biblically declare thoughts, declare more than thoughts, biblical 
reasoning why these things are wrong. It's time to stand up, and it's time to be a church that is going to stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we're going to push back against sin and tyranny, and we are going to do it for the glory of God. So that's another story. I, I just don't want to go into a whole lot of detail on that. There's going to be a lot of things that come out in the, in the next few days over that. Again, like I said, those four officers involved in that have been terminated. They originally were put on administrative leave, I believe, and uh, it has come out now that they are definitely fired. And uh, what a tragic situation that is up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, I believe that's where that was. And third story. Third story was a white woman at Central in Central Park in New York and a black man. The black man asked her if she would put her dog on a leash. Apparently this dog was running free and uh, he simply asked, ma'am, would you put your dog on a leash? And that is an actual rule that your dog has to be on a leash there. Don't know why the dog was off the leash, but the video shows the man started videoing her because... She, she said she was going to call the police because there was an African-American man, and I quote, threatening her life. Well, she proceeds to take out her phone to call 911 to tell them that there was an African-American man threatening her life. And uh, the whole time she's choking her dog out by the collar. I feel sorry for the poor dog. If you see the video or have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. The dog is almost, she's almost strangling the dog and holding it up and she should have just put it on the leash because it would have really helped the dog not only would it have helped the dog it would have helped the situation in general because she was simply asked to put her dog on a leash and rightly so she should have had her dog on that leash yet she decides to call the police and uh, it, it appears again that we can't really say 100% there was racism involved, it appears that there was racism, and as a result, she lost, I believe, a six-figure job. This lady was making six figures working at a a company there in New York, and because of her quote-unquote racist remarks, she was fired today, and a tweet went out that says they the company that she worked for the company said that we do not have anything to do with racism and this is something that keeps coming back over and over is this racism thing this and then it leads to what we have heard referred to as social justice and we've heard social justice warriors oh well here's a here's another story i just came across uh looks like in new jersey on may 19th uh, a man that went to the gym was arrested by five police officers for violating lockdown and going to the gym. There you go. Another overreach of the government, in my opinion. Anyway, again, yeah, you can come at me with your Romans 13. We can talk about that. Uh, but I think there's an overreach happening in many places. Anyway, so we see racism, we see sin, we see 
tyranny. We see all of these things. And uh, when we get into the racism things, we, we, we tend to get on the track of social justice, social justice warriors, that there's so much that needs to be done. There's so much that needs to be said as a result of racism and, and violence in America. And yes, there is. But let me be clear again with my position. I don't think there's any kind of thing out there greater than the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and greater than training your children up in the way that they should go. Uh, we should be teaching our children that racism is a sin. We should be teaching the gospel because we cannot change a person's heart. It is only the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit that changes someone's heart, that changes someone's thoughts and their attitude. We simply need to be a vessel used by God to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ so that hopefully we will see men and women saved, and as a result of them having a new heart, racism will go by the wayside in their lives, and we will see less racism and more people loving Jesus and loving one another regardless of what color they are. But here we live in America where everybody wants to throw something at the problem instead of what's really going to fix the problem, and that is the gospel. That is the whole counsel of God. Well, you say, well, everybody's not a believer like you are, Pastor Stephen. And I get that. I understand that. But is it the, the Bible, the highest authority that we have in this land? God is sovereign. He's, glory. He's, he's glorious. He has created all things. And yet here we are trying to throw everything we can at a problem when really we just need to preach the gospel. We need to preach the gospel to the ones that don't believe in hopes that God would save them so that they would stop throwing wasted energy at a problem that's not the gospel. Now, I don't hear me say that other things don't work. Don't hear me say that other uh, tools and uh, talks and Big Brother programs and things like that. Don't hear me say those things don't work because there is a time and a place for those things. But I think the ultimate thing that we need to be looking at is the gospel. But unfortunately, we have evil men and women in office that would rather push that down and suppress that. Romans chapter 1 teaches us that uh, everybody knows there's a God by his invisible attributes and his power and, and creation alone, but they have suppressed the truth. So if you try to throw anything that could pump up a politician, somebody that's in the community, make them look good, they'll do anything and everything they can. But when you start trying to push the gospel of Jesus Christ, you get met with a suppression. Why? Because they want to suppress the truth. However, the gospel must go forth. We see this depravity in our nation like never before. Uh, maybe that's a result of having those 24-hour news services and Facebook and social media sites, but we see it every single day, and it doesn't seem to be changing anything. Why is it not changing? Why are, not, why are believers not preaching the gospel, proclaiming the gospel? Where are all the churches getting outside of the four walls, outside of the Lord's day, and preaching the gospel? Now, I, you don't need to schedule evangelism. You don't have to put that on your calendar. If you're a believer in Christ, you should be 
preaching and teaching and talking about the gospel with people daily. Your family, the people you come in contact with at work, the people you come in contact with at school, the people you may meet on a random day. We should be teaching the gospel, not just telling people our testimony. That's great, but they need to hear the gospel of who Jesus is and what he did. So the good news is about this is when we preach the gospel, we don't have to save them. We can't save them. It is God by his grace that saves anyone. And again, that has been even ordained before the foundations of the world, as Paul teaches in in Ephesians chapter 1. So we just need to be obedient and preach the gospel. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we must be obedient as believers. I feel like I've challenged you guys more than once on this, and I'm challenging myself as well. I'm not just putting this out there to you and not myself. It is all of us that profess Christ. We must be the example. We must be the ones that are fervently proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in hopes that God will save his people, that we will start to see a change in racism. It starts with one person, and then it goes from there. Yes, we can preach the gospel. We can teach that racism is bad. Yes, we can link arms with brothers and sisters of another color. We can do these things together and promote this uh, life without racism, but it has to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am convinced of that as I read and study scripture. There is nothing in this world that will help any problem, any situation greater than the gospel of Jesus Christ. You guys see it every day, the depravity in this world. You live in it. You know it. You're part of it. You if you're a believer, needed a Savior, and you still need a Savior. So if you needed a Savior, what about those people you come in contact with? Would you say that you needed that Savior? Would you say that you needed Jesus more than them? It's a question we must wrestle with. So we should preach the gospel. We should stand up and fight for the injustices, not in a political way, in a biblical way, promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ and giving God glory. We must stand against tyranny. There comes a point where we obey long enough, but there comes a time where we must obey God rather than man. So I pray for all churches. I hope you are too. Praying for these situations we've talked about here today. Praying that we would get back to uh, some sort of normalcy before COVID-19. And uh, I pray that that church buildings would be full and that God would save people, people would turn to Christ. Don't listen to this as doom and gloom today. Listen to this podcast as a reason to preach the gospel because there are lost and dying men and women in this world that have hatred in their heart for God and fellow man. And the only thing that can fix that is the gospel of Jesus Christ and the grace of God. We pray that he would save his people, we be obedient and preach the word, and we stand and proclaim the gospel while we stand on the firm foundation of the word of God. See it, recognize it, and then ask yourself, what can I do as a believer? told you some things to do but one of the things that we need to do is we all need to take inventory of our own lives 
where is any sort of racism in our life? Where is some sort of anger in our life? Where is some sort of frustration in our life? Where is, where is something in our life that may be hidden or maybe we have suppressed that God needs to bring back and we need to seek repentance of? He needs to bring it to our attention so we can seek forgiveness and keep moving forward in faith. Check your hearts, preach the gospel, encourage one another, and give God glory. Until next time, God bless.